What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? Welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast where we often endeavor and are randomly successful with asking and answering the questions of life and theology correctly. My name is Daniel Corey. I'm a local church pastor in Kirkland, Washington. And I'm Josh Loftus, recently interviewed person of interest in a church membership inquiry. You are very interesting. I did. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Yeah, that's probably the nicest thing that was in your head right at, at that moment wasn't it? <laughs> it yeah and i had to reach for it <laughs> he had to dig down deep for that one <laughs> uh daniel why are we here today we're here to podcast yeah it's a good day it is a good day. um i'm i'll be honest i'm a little sad mm-hmm. because uh i'm getting a sense of deja vu okay why is that it's a small sense of deja vu because the topics that we're going to be talking about today i feel like we talked about already you want to? Did, well, like, I mean, we're close know, friends. We talk. That yeah, I think it's something more than that, though. I think it's something slightly more. Could you I, be talking about the fact that we are re re-recording, 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 Uh Yeah, we, yeah. We have the last, these episodes have uh, been recorded before. And, yes, and we get a second chance because God, in His sovereignty, has decreed it would be. Did, sure, if you want to get that deep, I think I think <laughs> I think uh, the the easier answer is that uh, the the two episodes that we recorded we lost. Can we refer to we them lost. as the lost episodes? The lost episodes. We can. We they will forever be known as the lost episodes. So we are re-recording these because um, our last two eps and the gold that was in them has been lost forever into the ether. They were probably the greatest. No, I'm not. I can't even. Go yeah, no, no, They weren't great. They weren't no. great. So we're going to do this again, and I think it's actually going to go better. Um, but uh, I did want to ask you about something that happened. Uh, are we? Is it two weeks ago now? Two or three weeks ago now? I think so. I saw a video clip um, of you, my friend, mm-hmm. engaging in some. Uh, some Heidelfest revelry. Heidelfest. Now, can you explain to us what Heidelfest is, just really quick, for those Heidelfest that don't know? Heidelfest is a group of Protestants who have a giant party in a park. Yeah. In the shadow of a dead Catholic monastery or uh, <laughs> seminary, actually. Very fitting. And we uh, <laughs> we eat bratwurst and we drink beverages. <laughs> and uh, we, we do all of it solely Deo Gloria, including uh, the annual strongman competition which if i don't want to boast but it's kind of becoming a centerpiece in the heidelberg heidelberg Heidelfest festivities. Well, and and this strongman competition that we are talking about, it mm-hmm. consists of very burly and spry men uh throwing large pumpkins over an ever heightening wire. Yeah. Right? And uh am i right in saying that last year my friend you were Heidelfest strongman champion. I I was the Heidelfest champion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I but was. this year you got second. 
Uh, yeah. You got second I, this I mean, year, and that and that made me sad. You could have let me bask in the glory of 2018 a little longer before you. It is in. 2019 though. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're not living in the past. But uh, the video that I was that I was sent, uh, your wife was recording you, and she sent me the video, and I was very happy because it was very it was it was you, uh, participating in this strongman competition, and every time not you every time. no it was. It yeah. was it was it was pretty much every time. Every With time a high degree you of frequency. It, it, <laughs> nine times out of ten. Okay, I forgot one time. <laughs> you forgot one time, and that's when you lost. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> whenever you made the pumpkin over the wire. Yeah. I thought I was staring at a silverback gorilla. Because, because I was so strong, or yeah, not quite. It was more the reaction. Like you would Are dance you- around, get on all fours, slap the ground. Like you were hyping. I was. I think yourself. Mainly, but uh, the cr- I, I, I'm a man of the people. You are a man so. of the people, and the crowd was the crowd was on your side, and you were feeling the they joy. Were, I yeah. disappointed them. You so did. I would from time to time slap the ground, yep. to intimidate my opponents, and it it worked. It worked all except for except the last, for the last yeah. dude. He was he was big. He was stout. Yeah. He's going down next year. Yeah, that guy. I don't even know his name, but if you're listening. I'm coming for you. I'm training. He's training. He's literally stronger. training. I will be faster. And uh, the ground will be slapped rest harder. Rest in your laurels while you can because That's I will right. take them from you next year. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, looking forward to Heidelfest 2020 when we will see what happens. Well, Daniel, uh, we are not here just to talk about your physical strength and prowess in the strongman competitions. Uh, we are here to actually do some business, my friend. And that business, our business, this podcast is Reform Theology. Um, we have as one of our goals introducing people uh, who perhaps have not have heard of it before into Reform Theology, uh, what is known as Reform Theology, Confessionalism, Calvinism. And if we're going to do that, we should probably actually go into what the doctrines surrounding Reform Theology are. Um, and we should probably start, at least in my opinion, with not Calvinism, but the five solas the of the Reformation. Solas. Because I think that if you're going to look at the five solas, uh, you have to those those really are the pillars, if you will, the foundational truths of Christianity, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I absolutely believe that. Um, yeah, if we're going to begin defining what does it mean to be a reformed Christian, we kind of have to go back to the very beginning, the Reformation, right? And uh, coming out of the Reformation, we find um, before we can even get to, like you said. Calvinism per se, or doctrines of grace, or however you want to look at soteriology, yeah. we have to first look at what does it mean to be Protestant. Right. And um, at the center of that conversation is you know, what, what you said, the five solas, or uh, five phrases, often in Latin. Five slogans. Five slogs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, it's not, but it, it sounds weird. dirty. It yeah, sounds the, weird. Slogs. It sounds odd. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> yeah. Go right on by that. Move on. Right uh, so right the first one is, uh, there's five of them. There's going to be yep. sola scriptura, which means by scripture alone. Right. And then we're going to look at solus Christus, Christ alone, sola fide, by faith alone. Yeah. And then... Uh, sola gratia, grace sola, alone, yep. culminating, wrapping them all together with sola deo gloria. Sola deo to gloria. To God be the glory alone. Yeah. Right. And so we would say, Daniel, that you can be Christian and not Calvinist. 
can you would we though yeah oh yeah we would yeah yes yeah yes yeah yes the, the answer to that is yes <laughs> don't you go cagey on me now we just talked about this Sorry. don't you do it <laughs> the answer to that is yes. yes yes um i would say however on the flip side that in order to be what we would consider christian or mm-hmm. protestant as yeah. you're going to go into you must affirm the truths of the five yeah. solas yeah. Right. I mean, I would consider the truths of the five solos to be essential, foundational doctrine. to the Christian faith. Yep. Right. You deny right. the centrality of Scripture, the centrality of the person work of Christ. Yeah. That salvation is a uh, result of faith alone and the merits of Christ alone, which are extended by grace alone. Yeah. Aimed at the glory of God alone. If you deny those fundamental um, premises, I don't premises. Know. Yeah. Foundational truths. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's stay with words that are easy to say and yep. words that we know. Um, that you, you're going to be outside the boundaries of Christianity. And right. that really is where they came from with the Reformation is they're a response to the abuses of Rome. Yes. Rome said that the church as well as scripture uh, were the authorities of the church or uh, just the authorities. Right. The reformers came along and said, no, it's yeah. actually, well, actually the Bible. It's actually the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the works of Christ, as opposed to the uh, merits of other saints and the work of Mary. Right. F- we believe in faith alone, not faith plus works, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So we're going to dive into the first one today because it is October. It is Reformation Month. Yes. Right. Uh, October. And the Reformation is our jam. Reformation is our jam. October is my favorite. <laughs> my favorite day of the month, or my favorite month of the year. Yeah. You just like it because it's getting to be fall again. Yes. And you oh. don't stand out as much wearing your flannels. That's right. That's yeah. right. I, I stand out a little bit wearing my flannels in summer. Yeah. But when it comes to October, uh, I fit right in yes. and everyone's copying me. Your people come out of the woodwork. My, my yeah. people come out of the woodwork, literally, because they're, <laughs> they, they literally. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're, <laughs> we're hopping into sola scriptura today, mm-hmm. scripture alone. Now, Daniel, why is, why, why the reformers needed why was this idea of scripture alone, especially in the context of the Roman Catholic Church yeah. back then, why was scripture alone so foundational and so important? Why did they see this as one of the main points that was worth shouting? Yeah. Well, I <clears throat> I think one of the reasons why they put it, and not just put it in there, but put it first, is going to be because it, it's foundational to everything that comes after it. It's right. the It's the basis of all the authority. Um, in the in life and doctrine, right. and so if if we don't have a foundation for authority, we we, we don't have anything to stand on. Yeah, and so they're responding to Rome, which says that the church really is the one who produces the word yep. or the Bible or scripture, and so you have two authorities: you have the authority of the scripture, and then you have the authority of the church. Right. And the church is able to speak authoritatively to things in yeah. life that, that aren't found anywhere in and, scripture. And, and when we said the church, we meant primarily the pope, because what what the pope yeah. said yeah, sure. and what he thought mm-hmm. uh, was what the church believed. Yeah. Right. And yep. so they would, they would kind of hold the two veins of authority, one being the word and one being tradition right and anytime you have two authorities w- one of them will win out yep. and for the catholic church it's Always. authority and the protest in the protestant reformation said um no it is uh, scripture and scripture alone right there is one authority and it is god's revealing himself to man 
in the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments. Right, right. So when, when we're talking about sola scriptura, when we're talking about the Bible, it's very, at least I think, very important to touch on what the Bible is for us, yeah. especially because here's the thing, like the Bible has never lost its importance in culture. If anything, it, it just becomes more and more important because uh, we, you know, it's it's easy to look back just kind of in the days of the Reformation and be like, oh, yeah, it's very obvious they needed that then. Look at the abuses that the churches was doing. Yeah. But we have that here today in oh, October yeah. 2019. Oh, yeah. Right. The doctrine of sola scriptura is just as vital today as it was 500 years ago. Right. So when we're talking about the Bible and sola scriptura, I have found that it is helpful uh-huh. when talking about it to kind of break it into three different categories when talking about scripture. Uh, first and foremost, you had already mentioned it. Scripture. Yeah, three categories being Old Testament, New Testament, Apocrypha. <laughs> Uh, those are your categories, Josh? <laughs> those, um, no, actually, okay. believe it or not. But now that I, yeah, hold on, I'm going to write those down. <laughs> no, no, the three, the three sections being scripture is authoritative, uh-huh. which you already mentioned. Yeah. It is inerrant. <laughs> it's without error. Okay. And then last, and what I have found to be very comforting and often forgotten in churches today, it is sufficient. Sufficient. Yeah, sufficient. It is sufficient. Sufficient. So when we're talking about scripture being authoritative, mm-hmm. um, one, how does that fly into the face of 500 years ago and also today, right? Yeah, well, 500 years ago, they would. it was a polite way of saying that the Pope the cardinals and the bishops could take a hike. Right. And um, a long hike. A long, and don't walking. come back. Get, get to step in. Get to step in. <laughs> get to step in. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it said that the foundation for faith and belief and all of life is, is founded in the scriptures, not in the right. uh, authority structure of the church. So that, that clearly changed the face of the world, face of Europe. Yep. the face of yep. dozens of cultures. But uh, now it's just as relevant because while, at least in America, we're not dominated with a church authority structure, but there is definitely a emphasis on the autonomy of self. Yes. And very, very I'm the captain of my soul. Individualistic. Kind of, kind of right. a approach to Christianity. And so my truth, truth is, is my truth. Yeah, yep. truth is what I, th- what I think. Truth right. is what I want to believe. And so um, in our culture, uh, even in the American church culture, it's how I feel. Right. What I feel is right. Right. Um, or it's my personal opinions. Sure. You know, which, which is, which, 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 yeah, yeah. We which don't have a problem. how I feel. Yeah, we don't have true. a problem with opinions. We just right. have a problem when opinions are elevated to the point of ultimate truths. That's exactly. where we get. That's what we have yep. a problem with. Right. So. Josh can want the, kind of reggae music for worship, but that's but, just an opinion. Do I though? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I guess I kind of do. <laughs> like I never actually gave that much thought. <laughs> But it wouldn't be bad. No, <laughs> we go. we would leave very happy, yeah. right? <laughs> Yaman. Yeah, um, but, but, but when we talk about shouldn't be ultimate truths. No, 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 exactly. And scripture needs to be authority. Meaning, scripture is in charge. It gets right? to tell me how to live my life. It gets to tell me how I live my life. Yep. And all of my opinions, all of my thoughts, all of my motives, all of my actions need to be filtered through the truths of scripture. And when I find. And this is the hard part, especially in our culture today, yeah. when I find that scripture contradicts something I think or feel or believe. Find someone else who interprets it differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or write your own Bible if yeah. you're Thomas Jefferson, right? Yeah. No, 
you need to bend your will yes. to what the Bible says. Yes. It's authoritative. It's in mm-hmm. charge. Because here's the thing. It's the word of God. Uh-huh. Right? You can't separate the book from its author. No. Right? The author is God himself. And that's why the Bible is authoritative is because it's God speaking. Right. Exactly. And... um one of the things you mentioned, I think you, the way you'd said it was that we run our thoughts, ideas, and opinions through the word. Right. Um, definitely, that's that's a that's a big aspect. But we're, we're even something that I'm aware of, especially as I pray before a sermon on Sunday morning, is that the word would change us. Yeah. That it would conform mm, us. Right. That it would um, change, as Isaiah, I think it's 55, says, it would take a heart that is natural breeding ground for thistles and thorns. Right. And create a, a place where trees abound. I mean, so it yeah, actually changes right. who we are. It's not just that it either affirms or denies what we believe, right. but it, we actually want the word through, this, to the, through the ministry of the Spirit to transform our life. Right. That's what we're looking at when right. we come to the word, whether it's, um, we were just talking before the, we started recording on personal Bible reading. Yeah. Why are we reading God's word? We want it to authoritatively change us. That's right. Why do we listen to sermons every Sunday? We want God's word to change us. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So scripture is the authority. It's yeah. important. It's vital. I will say it's vital. It's utmost. What about vital. like if the culture, not to get edgy, edgy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what about when the Bible says things are sin that our culture uh, celebrates? Yeah, well then, ultimately you have to ask yourself, who is your higher authority? Is it yeah. your culture, or is it God? Yeah. Right? I mean, that is the ultimate question, right? And we obviously speak against sin in our culture. We do it through love and with grace, like the Bible tells us sure. to. But that doesn't mean that we shirk on our responsibilities to preach truth. Yeah. Right? And this is everybody's responsibility. It's yeah. not just the preacher. Is it because we're narrow-minded? Um. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. actually. Like, yeah. like I, I don't mind being called narrow-minded. because Scripture's mind, pretty narrow. I th- yeah. Was it, I, think it was, I think it was John MacArthur said um, he wants his mind to be as narrow as the Bible is. Yes. Not right. any more narrow, not any more broad. Sure. That's a rough translation. Th- that's a rough translation. Yeah. Kind of like his translation. But we why, are, we right? are a, we're a people under authority. Yes, we are. We are people under authority. Yeah, that's how we should live life. Yep, exactly. All right, so moving on. We, we got to move here, man. Um, next, inerrancy. Mm-hmm. Scripture is inerrant. This mm-hmm. one's super important because, again, I think it's really vital when discussing the inerrancy of Scripture to go back to uh, obviously say, okay, what is this truth saying? Yeah. But as well, if this isn't true, what is it saying? Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's very important. Because if the Bible has errors within it, if the Bible is not able to be trusted, yeah, and it's the breathed out revelation by God Himself, like we know in Second Timothy, mm-hmm. what does that say about God? Yeah, right. It's an important question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if if the Scripture comes to us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, yeah, God speaking, God revealing, right, and if it contains errors then God has in himself error or right. n- non-truth or however you want to describe it. Right. Um, and we believe that the Bible, as as initially given to the authors through the inspiration of the scriptures, was without error. Yep. And so just like, you know, those, and, and, and there are many in our day who would claim the Bible is filled with errors, to which sure. I usually say, handing them my Bible, please, please bless me and show me one. Right. Um, but it just proves the age long. Um, I think it was some uh, a philosopher that said, Mo 
errors mo problems <laughs> and, and we and we would respectfully say what's, no what's, no errors no problems who was this philosopher i don't know <laughs> dr dre yeah, like, like like, <laughs> <laughs> this is dr dre's interpretation yeah. of the inerrancy of scripture yeah. <laughs> okay well hey i mean even a even a blind squirrel finds a nut twice yeah, a day right or is that a clock that's wait a hold clock. on it's the clock <laughs> i don't even a, a, even a broken clock is right <laughs> and even a blind squirrel finds, finds the occasional a, nut. finds the occasional yeah. nut okay yeah oh my god but if you're blind squirrel yeah. finding two a day two, you're actually bad. doing okay that's yeah you're, you're actually you're actually probably above average uh okay so yes it has to be inerrant right inerrancy is so important because we need to be able to trust scripture we need to be able to trust our authority right because if it's our authority but the authority has errors or the authority lies to us or the authority is not as as uh as as intelligent as as we are uh that authority can't be trusted and that's such a scary thing to fall into right It, it is and it it i think there are some good meaning people who now just trying to be you know, I, I, I genuinely think they're trying to be honest. They're trying sure. to be generous and amicable. Yeah. They would say, well, you know, there are errors in the Bible, but on things re- relating to like salvation, the gospel, right. it is inerrant. But in things regarding science, history, mainly anything else, right. uh, it is filled with errors. And I guess I would say that that again, I, unintentionally, I don't think they're trying to. But it unintentionally impugns the character of God. Yeah. And it also puts you on that same path that we've seen so many uh, cults go down, mm-hmm. which would be, what, what does Mormonism say? Right. The Bible's full of errors, and the church has been led astray, yeah. and now we need a new prophet and a new revelation to set us exactly. back exactly. straight. You're, you're, you're playing with very dangerous error at that point. Yeah. Well, and it's very, you know, and I think we need to move on, but 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 it's it's a very important point to get across as well that even the apparent contradictions we see in scripture, yeah. even those things that that uh, that that do at first glance seem like errors, sure, like right? Judas like, is, Judas dying a couple of different ways, or right, right, or Christ saying one you know, demoniac, two demoniacs, kind r- of things like that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. The the mustard seed being the smallest sure. seed, and it's it's not right. But you have to go into context. You have to go into historical context. You have to go into authorial intent. You have to dive into scripture and realize that sounds what, like a lot of work. It is. Yeah, it kind of is. But yeah. but here's the thing. If you want to get good at something, it takes work. Uh, right? If you want to be a good mechanic, yeah. it takes work. If I want to be you, super strong. If you want to be super strong, it takes a lot of pumpkins. Yeah. That's a, a lot, lot of, of pumpkins. pumpkins. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a lot of pumpkins. Um, it, yeah, takes it, ta- work. it takes work to do. You have to be willing to dive into scripture. And you have to be willing to do the hard work to Absolutely. work out. Because here's the thing. Scripture will always interpret scripture. Yep. It will. It will. And if you're willing to actually do due diligence and dive into it, those apparent contradictions you will see have very, very so easy. By way of review, yeah. in review. one... Oh, is this a test? Is there a yeah, test? Well, yeah. I, yeah, it okay. is. Oh, I hope you pass. I wasn't Define much. authoritative in one sentence. Authoritative? Yeah. In one sentence? Yes. Well, you've just burned up yeah, your one, but... Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that that, that, that's a... That tra- <laughs> That, that definition terrible. sucks. <laughs> Authoritative. Um, the Bible gets to tell me what to do. How about inerrant? Because we, we sometimes we use these $6 words, and we want right. to make sure that we're defining them crisply enough that just 
right. normal church going folks can define it. Yeah. Inerrancy in one sentence. Inerrancy in one sentence, I think, is just the the Bible has no errors. Got it. Like it's just that's Boom. that that's very simple. Right, yeah. right. If you're gonna go back, the the Bible is in charge. Yeah. The Bible gets to tell me what to do. The yeah. Bible's the boss. Like like you know, you know, whatever whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. it is the ultimate and final, has the ultimate final word. On and, everything, and right? it reflects the character of the God who spoke it. Exactly, and that is perfect. Exactly. Yeah. All right, last one. Um, Sufficient. Sufficiency. Yeah. This is so important. I'll take this one because you, you don't have a lot of. <laughs> in all of your biblical Continue. counseling, <laughs> you you probably have very rarely, if ever, lighted on the topic. Sufficient. The sufficiency of the word never comes up. Yeah. Ever <laughs> in in any conversation whatsoever. It's actually it's it's one of the most. Um, unapplicable truths yeah. <laughs> of, of all theology. So, yeah. so how would you define sufficient? The Bible's authoritative. He gets to tell me what to do. It's an errand. doesn't have any errors. When we say sufficient, what are we saying? When we say sufficient, we are talking about the power of God's word to transform the heart, to transform our minds, and to be our all in all in times of trouble, of heartache, uh, times of, 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 of despair and depression. Um, I want to go to Second Timothy chapter three sixteen because I think this gives a good definition of what Scripture. It kind of encompasses everything. Okay. Uh, everything that we're talking about is found in Second Timothy chapter three, uh, starting in verse sixteen, yeah. when it says, "All Scripture." Notice the all, right? Um, Not some. All Scripture all is breathed out by God. There's the authority, right? And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be fully equipped for every good work. When we're talking about the sufficiency of Scripture, we are talking about the power of God's Word, yeah. ultimately, first and foremost, to save, yeah. but also to sanctify mm-hmm. and to heal. Yep. Right Now, what we are not talking about is what you see on TBN— where if I have a and broken leg, I'm gonna take my 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 ten pound ESV study Bible <laughs> and hit that pounds. and hit that thing as Don't. hard as I can. <laughs> yeah, no. no, we're not we're, talking about that. We're not saying that it uh, sustains you like food or that it is in right. place of a doctor. Right. If you break your leg, please go see a doctor. Please go see a doctor. Um, please do. But for all issues of life and faith and practice, mm-hmm. it is sufficient. It is sufficient. So whether we're talking about marriage. Parenting, yep. private life, yep. working, yep. depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. um, anger, anger, eating right. disorder, whatever, whatever it, is, it is, the Bible has the truth in it because it is inspired or breathed out, same word, by God's Spirit. And not just is it empowered by in the initial giving, but God's Spirit actively empowers that word as it goes out into the life of right. a believer, and transforms them, right? Changes them. And Daniel, for some reason, and this, this, this really does. Real talk. <laughs> real talk. This, this really does break my heart. Up that, until the point, this so point, much, it wasn't real talk. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> real talk is Daniel and I, because we joke a lot. Like, yeah. we joke so much. But Daniel, like, we have a code that it's, when we say real talk, it means that joking, like, joking aside. Yeah. And we only reserve it. For when we're not joking, right? Yes. <laughs> I've broken that rule once, and I will never break it again. <laughs> yeah. But no, real talk. Yeah. This this really breaks my heart because mm-hmm. so many churches today and so many Christians today will confess the authority yep. and the um, inerrancy of Scripture. But when it comes to the sufficiency of yes. Scripture, they say it's not. and Or, or they Maybe say— they won't say th- it, but they live th- like it's not. 
true. Some well, would, some, uh, some, some no. would overtly say. Some right. churches right. actually say right. that scripture yeah. doesn't have what this individual needs because you're it right. wasn't written for today's problems. Yeah. Right. And they exactly. will send them to people that have many, many degrees and things after their names in trying to fix a problem sure. that is ultimately at its root a spiritual problem that only the gospel can address. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. And I mean, this is such a huge issue. I mean, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll do, we'll do episodes on we'll do plenty counseling of versus modern right. psychotherapies and exactly, exactly. Like but ultimately the, the 30,000 foot view of it is that the main problems we have as individuals and have a, and as a culture stem from our need for Christ stem from yeah. our need of the gospel. And, my question to those churches and to those those individuals that would say scripture is not sufficient is again look to the author you say yeah. it's breathed out by god himself the creator of the cosmos that has given us all we need you're going to say that it's authority that that it has authority you're mm-hmm. going to say that it's without error yeah. but then you're going to turn and say that it's that it doesn't have everything i need yeah it doesn't it doesn't make sense and we mm-hmm. need more churches today yeah. again kind of kind of getting into now the application of this like sure. what do we do with the with the doctrine of sola scriptura sure. why is this important yeah. what do we do with churches today what would you like i think counseling ministries <laughs> i'm shocked like, that you would think that yeah right yeah <laughs> our churches need more yes. biblical well, counseling ministries formalized are... counseling but also just believer yes what we call body life yes believer to believer right in the trenches right um ministering to each other formalized counseling with with a pastor or an elder or mm-hmm. a trained biblical counselor right um definitely takes that um approach or that form uh, another way that i see it and I, I genuinely do think that it's often unintentional. Yeah. But the desire for folks to have the ability to say, God, God told me. Mm. And they're not talking about that they read Colossians 3 that morning. What they're talking about is like right. they got some sense. They got right. some. There was there was a message a word, that a, was given to them. Audibly or internally. Or, exactly. Or somehow it comes. Yeah. And, and they there's a real desire. And I think often it's well-intentioned that we do want to know what God says. But that is subtly, and I think unintentionally, a an attack on the sufficiency of Scripture. Yeah. I, it comes from a sense of I need God to speak to me today, specifically to my situation. Right. And I just want to say he does. Right. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's in the and Bible. he, the, the same thing that the Ephesian church or the Galatian church or the church in uh, Philippi or Corinth, like right. they were people just like me who had heart idols just like me. Yep. And they needed to know how the gospel impacted every year of their life, just like I do. Right, right. And, and God, through his word, through the ministry of his spirit, is sufficiently, authoritatively, and inerrantly transforming our lives in every area to be brought into, there's a goal, Christ-likeness. Right, right. Because, and I'm going to take a cue from Papa Sproul. Can we call him Papa Sproul at yeah. this point? Like, like I feel like... Either that, He's gran- very Grandpappy seems a little irreverent. Gran- grandpappy, Papa. I like Papa Sproul. Papa Sproul, big Papa Sproul. Yeah. Um, I agree with Sproul when he yeah. when talking about those people that have those type of uh, revelations, if you will. Um, when he says, if this, if it truly happened, if you were given the revealed word of God, then we must must yeah. take that word 
and attach it and make it canon in scripture. Yeah. It, it must be scripture. Print it out, put it in the back of your Bible, and then give it to all the other Christians you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, if because, we're going to say God has said. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what scripture is. Exactly. Exactly. So, Danny, we have covered this pretty well, and there's so much more that we could talk about. Um, absolutely. But um, sola scriptura, it's it's vital for our it's vital for our lives. It's vital for the church. We need it today. We need to believe in it. It's very obvious why the church uh, gave us, or why the early, not the early church, but during the Reformation, it was one of the greatest cries. We needed sola scriptura. Um, but because of scripture, like I wanted to read you a quote. Yeah. Right. Because we're talking about sola scriptura. Yeah. And uh, I think we're going to kind of hopefully in some of our things bring in a quote unquote savage quote. Because there's so many savage quotes out there. And uh, you call them savage or epic. Right. Uh, and I have one for you. OK. It's from Spurgeon himself. Well, of course you love it if it's from Spurgeon. Well, yeah. it's he, Read yes. me said savage the, quote. The prince of preachers. He said this. He said when talking about scripture, he says no one ever outgrows scripture. Mm hmm. It only widens and deepens with age. I like that. That's very, very good. Because I think, especially in our culture today, we, our church, there are many churches, many individuals that look at scripture and say, oh, it's, it's not for today. It is it's not, not for today. It's yeah, not able to be applied antiquated, for Right. Too old. No, it's not. It is uh, living and breathing. Yes, Active, sharper Active. than any two-edged sword dividing. Yep. And the more you read it, the more you will realize you don't know. Yeah. And the more you will realize your need for it. Absolutely. It's wonderful. So, okay, moving on. Daniel, you know what time it is. Yes. It is the time that I oppress you. Afflict me. With, with, with cultural references. Yes. And my cultural repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> repertoire. Repertoire. Um, what do you have for me today? Okay. Well, I, I, I feel like I need to do some backstory. Like, for those that don't know, the reason we do this is because Daniel grew up very sheltered and not really knowing what cultural things are. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be gracious here. That's it'd be, a, it'd new, be much better if you would you. self-deprecate for us because then I don't sound so much like I don't a jerk. know anything about... About anything. Worldliness. Worldly. Oh, my. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm taking that back. <laughs> Josh grabs the reins again. Okay. Yeah, I grew up yeah. super homeschooled. and uh, I guarantee you there's people that are listening about this like, he's exactly right. <laughs> he, this this so, is the worst part of the podcast. He's, what do you he's have corrupting him. What, what All right. I have a have? joy. Oh, I've got a gem. Mm -hmm. It's a gem for you today, my friend. So not only I want the people listening to know that uh, not only is Daniel hearing this yeah. for the first time hopefully but there is also a visual aspect he's seeing the music videos for this song that i'm going to play him so this is corian culture for those that don't know and uh daniel what i have for you today is a song that was released in 1977 we are going way back okay um it is the, in the genre of pop uh, at least pop back then uh it was released in 1977 on an album titled the album so, so they were not the most creative individuals. Well, or they're just really, really meta. Okay. Like, like, one, of, like one of the two. Maybe they're super creative, right? The album is called The Album. I will tell you the artist, uh, and I think you're going to love this. So without further ado, here we go. If you change your mind, take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, that hair. Take a chance on me. Take a chance on So they're not Calvinistic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I knew that from the outfits. Ooh. <laughs> tell us, one of tell them the audience what you're seeing. One of them just winked at. Oh. 
Oh, <laughs> everything's they're dancing on a white. World. Everything's twirling. Everything's spinning. <laughs> oh, the, there's so many bad colors. <laughs> oh my goodness. What? I don't. I don't have words to describe. <laughs> oh, it's the band. The band is ABBA. Uh, A B B A. ABBA. So, so dad. Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes it so much worse. Uh, I, oh, the, yeah. She's got the. Uh, oh, she's there's dancing and fur boots. The man is wearing fur boots. I can't handle. Are you sure, wait. Are, are you sure that was the dude? I'm. I'm well. I'm. I'm questioning myself. Do they have a beard? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh dude, take a chance on me. This is a classic song, man. Like I guarantee you, there are people listening to this right now that just that are that are loving life. They did like the Brady Bunch, like four different. Yes, the yep, things. that's right, man. Yeah. yeah, that that was big back then. Yeah. That was big oh. back then. Well, Daniel, I am very very thankful that uh, you grew up as sheltered as you did. So Otherwise, people like this. this though. Oh yeah, this was a hit. This was this was their probably Abba's largest hit. Yeah. People loved this song. I like this song. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I like this song. My my parents let like my mom loves Abba. Like you would play this and listen to it of your own free will. Yeah, of my own free will. I would play this. I'm probably gonna play it after this podcast. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're listening to it now. It sounds great. I'm like I'm, I'm loving life. This uh. is good stuff. Daniel, we have come to the end of the podcast, my friend. We are done. We got to get out of here. Uh, we have listened to Abba. We have talked about scripture. It's been a good day, my friend. Absolutely. Well, everyone, you know what you can do for us. You can head on over to iTunes, give us a raving review. We will only accept raving reviews and five-star ratings. Please, it really helps us. Um, You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, uh, Google Music, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Head on over to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all All the the socials, all the associables, and we are at... We are at... We are, uh, we, are, to we are Art Reformatory Pod. It's Reformatory Pod for all of them. Just search yep. that and you will find us. Give us some likes. Give us some shares. Give us some love. We really appreciate it. Daniel, it's been a joy. We'll catch you all later. Bye. Bye.